to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sweet Spot Labs. Intimate dryness is one of the things I get asked about most in my practice. What I like to remind patients is that estrogen is to the vulva what collagen is to the face. As estrogen decreases, so does the moisture in your intimate skin, which can lead to drier, thinner vulvar skin. They can commonly become more sensitive, itchy, and susceptible to contact dermatitis. There aren't many solutions out there that are safe, effective, and have a texture that's pleasurable to use. And that's why I absolutely love Rescue Balm from Sweet Spot Labs. It literally rescues intimate skin without compromise. It's a 100% naturally derived multi-purpose balm that moisturizes, soothes, and protects your most intimate and sensitive skin from dryness, itch, and irritation thanks to its triple moisturizing complex. Just as important as what's in it is what's not in it. Like all Sweet Spot Lab products, Rescue Balm is consciously clean and clinically proven to elicit zero size of gynecological or dermal irritation on intimate skin. And because it's estrogen free, it can be used in adjunct to hormone therapy. Visit sweetspotlabs.com and use code Dr. Hirsch at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's sweetspotlabs.com, S-W-E-E-T-S-P-O-T-L-A-B-S.com and code Dr. Hirsch for 20% off. Good afternoon, my AOWs. I really hope that you have enjoyed the last podcast guest that I have had on. I know I have so much fun mixing it up with having guests and then doing solo casts. So I hope you really enjoyed them. And as for next week, I have the most incredible guest. My new friend, Stacia, uh, actually it slid into my DMs and said, Hey, Dr. Hirsch, I listened to this episode of yours and I have a totally different take on this. I'd love to come on your show and talk about it. And you are going to love that episode it's coming out next week. And it really got me thinking a lot about loving yourself. The other reason I got to think about this is because, as you know, I see patients most days of the week uh, about midlife and menopause. And there is so much that we as women do to negative talk to ourselves, negatively talk to ourselves. And that over time can really turn into uh, things that we don't even notice that are now subconscious. And at the same time, if you follow me over on Instagram, I had a photo shoot and this photo shoot was for a couple of reasons. One, as you know, my book is coming out in 2023. So I said to myself, I want some really nice new updated photos for the back of this picture. And what better time to do that than the summertime? And also I really wanted some updated pictures for my website, for my branding, for my socials. And this photo shoot taught me so much about loving myself that it got me thinking about this topic. In today's episode, I have three tips and tricks for how to work on loving yourself. Now, some of you might be like, I already love myself so much, and that is great, and I applaud you because it's not easy and it takes a lot of practice. So we're going to be covering those three tips today. 
Now, if you have not already subscribed to my subscriber only show there, I'm going to be giving you a little bit of a sneak peek behind the scenes of my photo shoot, what I want to do with those pictures and really what that day was like for me and why I think you should replicate that for yourself. So if you haven't already, you can go to the subscriber only episodes. They're available only on iTunes. Sorry for all my Androiders. And I think it's $3.99 a month. That also really helps to support me doing this podcast because it does take up time, resources, and energy. So I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. If you're not already following me on my socials, I'm at Heather Hirsch MD now across all platforms. And this is really uh, fun for me because I have been a couple different things. I've been hormone.health.doc for a while on Instagram. But with my book coming out and uh, the branding of my website and all of that stuff, I really wanted a nice, clean, easy uh, handle that you could find from Twitter to TikTok. So I'm at, I'm at Heather Hirsch MD on all of them. Woo. All right. So I, I can't wait to tell you about this photo shoot. When I was thinking about the three ways to love yourself, I really wanted to think of other things besides for just, you know, having a spa day or getting your hair done. I really wanted to dig deep on the three ways that I feel like you could really love yourself more. So I came up with some that hopefully are new or that you haven't heard. They're certainly not totally novel, but I will give you a little bit of my reasoning behind each and every one of them. And the first one that I'm going to start with is to minimize, is to minimize. And actually that minimalism, I actually really mean in the form of stuff. I actually mean it in like tangible things. Let me extrapolate on this. And this entire show that you're listening to do today is total free thought. I haven't jotted down a thing. So you're really just getting Heather Hirsch stream of consciousness. The reason I went with minimizing is because stuff takes up a lot of energy. I was even thinking about this so much that I thought maybe I will take this podcast episode I did in probably 2018 or 2019 uh, with my good friend Rose on minimalism and re-put that back up. And I might do that in the following weeks because it was such a great show. When we get to midlife and particularly 40s, 50s, menopause, we accumulate so much stuff, not just our stuff, but our partner's stuff, perhaps your parents' stuff, perhaps your kids' stuff. And stuff is not just stuff. It takes up energy. It takes up memory muscle. It takes up space. You have to clean it. You have to look at it. It has to stir up emotions every time you look at it and you say, oh, I wish this wasn't here, or I don't know what to do with this, or I miss my mom. So you have to realize that stuff is not just stuff and stuff takes away from the things that you could be doing in this life that you have on this earth. And it's funny because, and I feel like I can say this a little bit with my husband's permission, my husband and also now my daughter are kind of collectors. And my husband, bless his heart, the best man in the world, collects comic books. And so I have a basement full of his stuff. And I do not like stuff. I do not like stuff. If I could live in a studio apartment with like two dishes, two towels, um, you know, six, six different 
pieces of clothing that I could put into my capsule wardrobe, whatever you call it, like my laptop, I would be loving life. But I have a big family, a husband who collects stuff, a daughter who collects stuff now, a dog, you know, the whole shebang. So, so when you get to the point in your life where you maybe have a little bit of more control of stuff, you really should think about how impactful the stuff around you creates your energy in your space and your mindset. So becoming or stepping more into like a minimalistic world is so freeing. No, it's Marie Kondo, right? Didn't she do this show about like, I, I never actually saw it because I sat with my good friend Rose who uh, teaches and did a TED talk, a TEDx on minimalism and read her book and felt like I kind of got the gist of it. And what I learned from Rose is that you certainly can't make your entire family minimalist if they don't want to, but you can control the things that belong to you. And if they see you thriving with having less stuff, less clothes, less options, they might then sort of start to do the same or sort of realize through you how it is impacting your life in a positive way. So I certainly can't and try not to go around and throwing out my husband's things. He would be very, very upset. And some of them are probably worth a decent amount of money. Who knows? I have no idea. But I can only control the things that are mine. Now, if you're in a different situation, if your kids have moved or if you, you know, et cetera, you're cleaning out a house, um, you now have control over those things. And it can be really, really emotional and really, really difficult. But doing that work of getting rid of stuff is so helpful. And there's a huge spectrum of things that you can do. You can literally hire people to help you come and declutter your closet, get rid of clothes that you don't use, help you make those decisions, like kind of like hoarders, but like not on steroids, like hoarders. That's a TV show. Um, and if you're at that level, that's totally fine. People will come and help you do that. And a lot of it is actually emotional work. We, we create emotional connections to things that are static that, you know, can't go with us when we're gone. And if we can break those ties, we can create better emotional relationships to ourselves in the things that we want to spend our time and energy on this earth. And so that's why I wanted to say that minimalism is a part of loving yourself. It is freeing you from so much clutter in your mind that you don't really need. And uh, so you could certainly hire people to help you. I hired people to help me, but on a, on a different scale. I knew exactly what I wanted to get rid of. And it was called lugaway.com literally the best $200 I ever spent. I Googled Lugaway in my area. They emailed me. I sent them a cell phone picture of the things that I wanted to throw out. They gave me an estimate of $200. I put it in the basement. They came and literally lugged it away. It was the best day of my life. I felt so freeing. And you know what's crazy is I don't even know half the stuff that they threw out because it, a lot of it was in these piles and boxes from when we moved here in 2019. And you, you, we all know that if you haven't looked in a box for years, even though there could be amazing things in there, there's probably nothing that you're truly missing. And, and all important things, all important memories are probably locked in your heart or all the things that you know that are so meaningful to you, you probably know where they are. So they lugged my stuff away and it was freaking incredible. I also have a theory about throwing things out that 97% of the stuff you throw out, no one's going to miss and 3% they will. And me and my husband differ on this because he's always like worried, like don't throw that out because that 3% of things you throw out, like we might really need. And I always say, you know what? If that's the price I have to pay, 
then that's the price I have to pay. I just throw stuff out. So I threw out a piece of my, my little one. He's one years old and he had one of those little chairs that you stick them in and they kind of learn how to stand and just kind of play with the stuff. And it turns into a table but I threw away the big piece that turns it into a table. I said, you know what? I can live with that. If I need to go buy another $30, $40, $50 table, fine. Cause I threw that piece out, but the rest of that 97% of the stuff that I don't have in my house now, thank heavens. I probably could have spent more money cleaning it or filing it away or thinking about it when I could be doing other things. So without going too far on this one topic, minimalism and getting rid of things that are in your control with your family's permission or potentially without your family's permission, do as you will, is something that can really help you get your time back, get your calmness back and be able to focus on the things that you really want to do. So I want to get the message across to you that stuff is not just an inert substance. It takes up time and space and energy in your brain. All right, let's move on to the second thing that I wanted to say and walk through to learn how to love yourself. And this one is also not so much of a mystery or secret, but it's setting boundaries and saying no. This sounds really easy and I'm sure you've heard this before. I can't be the first person to tell you you should set boundaries and say no. But I really want you to think about this. And if you haven't said no in a while, just say no just to do it and see how freeing it freaking feels. What really encapsulated this for me is there was a clip somewhere of, um, what is her name? Okay, the Sex and the City, Samantha Jones. Her name is not Samantha Jones in real life. It's, gosh, oh my gosh, it's going to drive me absolutely bonkers. All right, so the, the, the woman who plays Samantha Jones was being interviewed for, um, you know, something about Sex and the City 2 coming out, or not Sex and the City, uh, whatever, whatever the reboot is. Sorry, I'm having complete brain fog. I know you guys will understand. So the new show and and just like that about not coming back. And she was like, you know, it felt so powerful on my own terms to say no. And it actually opened the doors for me to do so many other things. The only people who benefit from you not having any boundaries are those people who benefit from you not having any boundaries. And you want to be able to start setting up some boundaries so that you can really put the line in the sand of what you will do for other people and what you need to do for yourself. And the sooner you do that, the more accustomed it's going to be, the more habit forming it's going to be, and the more people are going to know your boundaries. And if they're your real true friends and loves, accept those boundaries. People definitely benefit from you not having any boundaries. They definitely do. And you get some benefit from that too. Either you get feelings of being worthy or being loved or being needed, but you are slowly chipping away at your own sense of self and self-identity. So setting up boundaries is a perfect example of how to love yourself. So I say no a lot, a lot more than I used to. And I think part of it comes with age and experience. Um, But, you know, as I've gotten more opportunities, while I've had to say no, I certainly could just do everything or do things for people all the time. Or certainly I get requests from patients to do things that may be a little out of my scope. And I've had to learn to say, although I care about you so deeply, no. And this is not only for your own benefit, it's for my own benefit and for the benefit of so many other women that we don't start to blur these lines. 
and that what I will do or what I can do or what I want to do is pretty crystal clear. So setting boundaries and saying no is super fun. Uh, saying no to things is super fun. And you can try this on the next thing. Oh, do you want to go out to dinner with the girls? Maybe you don't. And just say, no. But next time, it feels so good to be like, oh, I didn't really want to go. Do you want to teach this lecture? No. Or no, I don't have the time. Or no, I've actually already taught five lectures. And for me, for me now, I need a little bit of a mental break. Whatever it may be, saying no is a way to actually honor and love yourself and really make the conscious choice to almost say no more than yes, if you can. Now, there's lots of self-help books and entrepreneurial books on actually doing less and actually being more productive and more creative and achieving more. I wouldn't say that I'm by any means like a genius on that. And nor, nor would I say I'm by any means a genius on saying no or setting boundaries. It's something that we all have to work on. But certainly being busy and also knowing my own limitations, my own body rhythm has allowed me to learn that I do need to say no. My own body rhythm is that usually I see patients Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and on right now on Fridays and Mondays, I'm usually either doing meetings, I'm doing research, I'm mentoring my fellow, I'm setting up lectures, or I'm content creating and, and doing all sorts of other crazy ideas that I have like on a secondly basis. But honestly, most of the time on Friday, since by then I've seen patients Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in a row, I'm mentally exhausted. I am exhausted. And so I've learned to pretty much cancel any meetings I have on Fridays as long as I can. Uh, or only schedule a few or in the afternoon or give me a little bit of time for a lazy morning because I am so depleted of anything creative, of anything um, genuine, of anything authentic that I just need to recuperate. And I've learned to say no. I've also learned to say like, those are the days I can see patients and I can't do more than that or otherwise I will burn out and then I will see no patients. So I've had to learn to realize where that boundary is. Now, I'm certainly lucky and blessed and privileged that I can do that, but I don't think that that means that I, that this is not an obtainable or achievable thing for people because it doesn't have to be just about work. It can be about when you see your friends. It can be about when you see your partner. It can be about when you have sex. It can be about anything. But if you can start to establish boundaries, figure out your own biorhythms and patterns that will help you feel really more centered and love yourself more. So let's get into the third and final one. And I don't know what I really want to call this, but I kind of want to call it the little things. So the little things does mean just what you think it means, getting a manicure, getting your hair done. But I want to tell you why and what other examples of little things are. Back when I was in Ohio State, I lived in Columbus, if you don't know, from 2016 to 2019. My husband and I both worked at the Ohio State Wexner University Medical Center. Yes, it's a mouthful. And they had this guest, uh, I can't remember if it was a psychiatrist or psychologist or some expert in partnership. And he was coming to speak to married uh, couples or couples who are both healthcare providers. So you know, and you know, think like full time, two doctors get married to each other, or my husband's actually in management in hospital. So, hospital management and doctor, we both work 40 hours a week. We both work with people. We both work with, you know, lots of stuff. It's very stressful. It's, it's always, there's always a lot. There's always a lot. And so he said, What do you think is the biggest reason people get divorced? And we all kind of guess things like finances, sex, different parenting styles, cheating, um, finances. We just, you know, the, the same things. 
And what I remember learning, and it's been a few years now, that is actually the little gestures of daily uplifts that keep people together in the long run. And the other thing I remember about this is that I saw this somewhere that there was a study done, and this could be totally made up, but it reinforces that idea that it's the little things. And this is about partnership, but I'm going to bring this back to just yourself because the same, the same principle applies here. There was a study done where I think it was like a hotel and couples walked into the hotel and there was something outside and it was set up to sort of study this behavioral pattern. And one partner would say to the other, look at that bird. If the other partner said, oh, I will later, or I'm getting out my credit card or like, oh, and just didn't pay attention. It predicted more of divorce or separation. Whereas if the other partner said like, oh, yes, sweetie, I really like that bird. Oh, he is cute. And just acknowledge the other person in that little way that they were more likely to stay together. Now, I could be completely butchering this, but you kind of get the concept of it's the little things. He said that couples who do more little things, more daily uplifts for each other, stay together despite fights about finance, fights about sex, fights about kids, because every couple will fight about that. And those little things are also kind of probably intertwined with how you fight. So daily uplift. So my husband and I say this to each other all the time. He'll be like, I brought you coffee for your daily uplift. And it's just the idea of just him bringing me my coffee because he knows I can't get out of bed without it is something that makes a marriage really last. And that we're going to disagree about his comic books because they drive me wild. And everyone knows it. But I have learned that accepting that means staying with the best person in the world. Okay. Now let's move on from partnerships because I'm talking about yourself, but you are in a partnership with yourself, you know, whether you like it or not, you are your partner and you are your person. And I think the way you romance yourself and the way you treat yourself, even though you, you, we think of ourselves as one person, not two people. I know that sounds a little crazy, but the way we treat ourselves and talk to ourselves and do a little uplift for ourselves really make a difference. It doesn't have to be financial. So it can be uh, you know, well, I've got 10 minutes, so I'm going to go on a walk with my dog and just smell the flowers. I've got 10 minutes. I'm just going to meditate. I've got 10 minutes. I'm going to quickly journal. I've got an hour, you know, maybe I'll go get that manicure for me. Getting a manicure and pedicure is like the ultimate way to love myself because I look down at my hands sometimes. I'm like, Oh, I took care of them. I took care of my little body. I took care of these little fingernails. I don't even know what their purpose in life is for, but I just feel like I took care of myself and I feel cute. And that makes me just feel happy inside. So it doesn't have to be grand gestures. It doesn't have to be, I took myself on vacation. I bought myself a Louis Vuitton. I, uh, I'm going to redo my bathroom. Sure. Those things are great, but they're not the daily uplifts that you want to do to show love to yourself. We can include negative talk in there, trying to get rid of negative talk. That's harder to do. But the episode that I have coming out next week with Stacia is freaking amazing. She's going to talk a lot about how to shift thoughts. We talked a lot about, you know, um, about our bodies or our perceptions of the way we look, but a lot of that can be extrapolated to, you know, other things that we negative talk about ourselves. Most of what we probably negative talk is kind of the way we appear on the outside. So the daily uplifts you can do for myself, yourself. So sometimes for me, it's like spending the $3 at Starbucks. And I know you'll hear people say this all the time, right? We're going into recession. Don't spend money save your money. You'd probably spend that $3 somewhere else. So if the daily uplift of going to Starbucks by yourself and breathing in the fresh air and just standing in line and feeling free for a minute is all that you can do, then do it. 
I'm going to talk about how my photo shoot made me feel like so in love with myself and like not in a weird way, but just like, wow, that um, you can treat yourself to these things and you can make yourself feel just as important as other people say that you are. And it's really cool because you don't get to do that kind of thing every day unless you're a celebrity or a model, which which I don't think many of us are. Maybe it's, um, you know, having the ice, going to the ice cream store, getting your frozen yogurt, whatever it may be. If you have daily uplifts you can do for yourself or if you want to do for your partner, right? Then if that makes you feel more in love with yourself, I'm, I'm all there for it. Other things that were on my list that I had that I kind of crossed off was prioritizing sleep. The reason I only crossed that off, I do think that that's a form of loving yourself. But we did an entire episode on that last week. So if you haven't listened to my interview with uh, Valerie Concho, you need to definitely go back and listen to that one last. uh, It was last week, I believe. We talked all about sleep. And what I think was so great about the way that she presented it was that it's really about taking the time to honor and respect your body and its need for sleep and that you are sort of in the driver's seat for that. So I I just crisscrossed that off because we really did just cover that. But I still think that's super important. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. It's growing so fast. I'm so delighted and excited. I have so much going on behind the scenes at all times. I'm always thinking and dreaming and trying to capitalize on this menopause movement and make some big things for you guys. So I'm always, always working on things in the background. If you want to, uh, uh, hear more about, you know, again, the behind the scenes, check out my subscriber only episodes. You can find me on YouTube. That one's health by Heather Hirsch and at Heather Hirsch MD across all my socials. Thank you guys so much for your support. If you have two seconds, you'd like to write a review of this show, please do so. I will thank you from the bottom of my heart. Or if you've got an idea for a show, definitely DM me. Someone DM me the other day and said, you do not respond to your DMs or comments. And I have to say that the, She's right. I'm not great about responding. It's so hard because I am pulled in so many different directions. I'm going to try and get better, but it is, it's really tough because I'm on so many different platforms and I have to really prioritize, of course, my patients, uh, my family, my emails, my students, and then my social media. So I apologize, but I do read them. I read almost everything people write to me. And that really, truly does shape the way I think, the way I make new content, the way I uh, think about and come up with ideas for my podcast. So you guys are always at the forefront of my mind. All right, enough rambling. With all of that said, thank you so much. And I will see you guys next week. You're going to love the show. Have a wonderful week until then. Bye, everyone. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Episode.